Welcome to the Boost Podcast with Kelly Leonard. The podcast providing you with immediate access to tools, tips, and tactics to boost your business success, build your brand, optimize relationships, obtain more leads, secure thought leadership space, and tap into new markets. It's the Boost Podcast. And now, here's Kelly Leonard. Hello, and welcome to the Boost Podcast. I'm your host, Kelly Leonard. Today's episode features Susan Schramm. Susan is a consultant, speaker, and founder of Go to Market Impact. She's equipped hundreds of leaders of businesses, nonprofits, and faith-based organizations to systematically accelerate results to achieve their mission. The part of Boost she addresses during our conversation is optimize relationships. Hey, Susan, welcome to the Boost Podcast. Well, hi. How are you today? I am terrific. I'm looking forward to this conversation. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think it's a great time to talk about this subject of the work that you do with Go to Market. And so I would love to just, if you could share a little bit more with our listening audience about the work that you do and how you serve organizations. Yeah, thanks. Um, What I do is help people with really big ideas uh, who are trying to improve the world get traction faster so they can get results. And uh, what that means is oftentimes that's a lot about aligning a strategy with all the resources that you're going to need to consistently deliver it. So um, it's way more than marketing. It tends to play a role in ensuring that all the people side of executing a big idea uh, get accomplished. Awesome. And so break that down for me a little bit, a little bit more. So I'm an organization I um, have an idea, new product, new innovation, or something like that. What is it that you would do to help someone? Yeah, well, typically what we do is de-risk it. So even the best strategy will fail if people are unclear, confused, or skeptical. And mm-hmm. I have spent um, several several decades working with major top Fortune 500 technology companies. I've worked with nonprofits and municipalities. And what I find is a common issue is that many leaders fall in love with their what, their, their mission or their, or their product, uh, and they underestimate the needs of the people involved so that they can understand what's going on and taking action. And the result can be pretty serious. I mean, people can end up missing product forecasts. They can, they can waste a lot of costs in going to market with people not knowing on the front line what to do. Uh, and, it, and when it comes to um, nonprofits and associations, the challenge is that you're often asking people who don't work for you how mm. to get things done with you, you know, volunteers and, and donors. So what we do is um, we systematically de-risk initiatives by taking them through an approach that really applies um, a set of proven processes to make sure people have thought through what it's going to take for people to understand what's going on, to align the resources to impact, and then to move to action. So it's a pretty systematic process, which sounds sort of boring, but it's very calming. (laughs) (laughs) Calming, really? And in what respect, I guess, because you're you're doing the opposite. So you mentioned, you know, being unclear, confused, and skeptical. So I guess what you're doing is is trying to do the inverse of all that and bring that clarity and, uh, and I guess, understanding, awareness, and the lack of skepticism into that, that conversation. True. And it's interesting because let's talk about scenarios where a leader, you know, you wake up one day and you are a 
responsible for a major initiative that's going to you know, make a big difference to your company or making a big difference to um, nonprofit. And the challenge often is getting people on board. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that tends to you know, show up in light of people don't, you know, funding something or um, agreeing to move forward in terms of providing resources. Or uh, in some cases, it's as basic as people actually changing their behavior. And the, the, I often find that leaders, um, when it comes up to, you know, bringing people along, they would like to feel more confident that they've thought through the things that are going to, you know, typically be stumbling blocks. Mm-hmm. So what that tends to do is the leader themselves, you know, you as a leader become calmer in laying out a plan because you can say, we've systematically identified all the potential risks and identify these gaps, and we have a plan for this. That makes the leader more calm. And then what that does for the people who are trying to buy in, they they start to see, oh, gee, you've thought about who's going to do what. You've thought about what all the d- dependencies are. You've thought about the people who work for us as well as the people who don't. And you've also, in some cases, clarified because your communication makes clear why they would take action. And a lot of those times people get calmer because they know that the action you're taking makes sense to them. But, you know, have you ever been confused when you've been asked for the corporate life to do a big project? Yeah. So, but let's approach it from a different perspective, because as you were sharing that with me, um, for whatever reason, something bubbled up inside of me and said, okay, that's great. And, you know, because what you're sharing is kind of that top-down approach, but what about the Mm bottom-up approach? Like, because we're in an age where entrepreneurs, that's the big thing, like, okay, so many organizations want to um, encourage their teams to think like an entrepreneur inside of an organization, the benefit being that they have access to all these resources to help them to operationalize different ideas. So if I'm, let's say, not a people leader, but I'm just leading myself and I come up with a really cool idea, is there a strategy or a way that you would suggest that I would try to de-risk that as I'm communicating it with a leadership team to get their buy-in and support and maybe even get them to throw some money at an idea that I might have? Exactly. I mean, whether you're uh, pulling together you know, whether you're doing a shark tank inside a company or mm. whether to get your management team on board or whether you're leading peers, right? Mm-hmm. Some, many, many times now there's lots of cross-functional teams where you're leading people. You're not the, you know, not the boss of anybody, but you're actually leading pe- people towards an outcome. And mm. the same de-risking process works. And it really comes down to clarifying what are you trying to do, who, who you're trying to get on board, and why would they take action? What action do you need for them to take, and why would they need or even want to take it. And that process um, is, is actually um, can be applied from wherever you are in the organization or as an individual. A lot of times the challenge is that people think that people can get others to take action because you have authority. Mm-hmm. But candidly, how many parents are frustrated because their kids mm. don't take action, right? Or oh, my goodness. Times, even, even, even as managers of people, they don't always actually take action and do what you need. So a lot of this comes down to thinking through more specifically what it is you want people to, you know, what the outcome is, articulating mm-hmm. it in such a way that people understand the why, mm-hmm. and then making sure they understand what their motive would be to, to be um, take an action, for instance, if it's um, customer service people on the front line or if it's, you know, if you're getting a group of people together to go create a, uh, you know, new soccer team event or whatever, you know, it's making sure you've thought through all the, all the stakeholders and making sure you've thought through it from their point of view, sort of 
start with the end in mind. Right. And think about what the people need to accomplish that. Wow. So then are there um, like tips that you can give? Like I know you've um, gone through kind of from a 50,000 foot level theoretically what this could look like, but are there like five strategies or five Mm -hmm. things that a person should do in order to de-risk a new initiative or idea or product? Yeah. And I love that about your podcast because you're always looking for the tips and it's interesting because I think that some of these are so obvious, but we skip them. Right. Let's start with this one. Um, It's make sure you can answer three whys. The first thing is make sure you can answer the why. And those are why this, why, why this thing, why you, meaning why are you credible in, in telling them to do this? And then why now? Lots mm. of times we leave off the why now. And so mm-hmm. people go, yeah, that's a good idea. But you got to create some urgency. And they're, they're, these questions, if answered, are really good basics for all sorts of things you might need to do in terms of um, emails or marketing or sales conversations or conversations with suppliers. So that first one is make sure you can answer the three whys. Mm-hmm. Um, The next one, the second one would be think like an orchestra leader. So, you know, if you step back and think of all the different stakeholders of people who you want to get involved, some who are obvious and some maybe who aren't as obvious, Mm -hmm. people often leave out their suppliers as, as people who they forget could be part of your story and think of them as playing music with you. Mm -hmm. Um, That would mean that everybody knows what music we're playing. Right. And that you know what instrument they each have. Those are different, right? Mm, so they have different right. perspectives. And then at the end of the day, they might play that without you there. So that idea, the power that can come from having enabled people to be able to take your message um, and understand what action they're supposed to take so that they can go out. Um, I mean, really, just think like an orchestra leader, which means that you end up thinking actually more powerfully. You realize you have way more resources than you might. Mm-hmm. And it's very exciting to think that way. Um, and the, and the, three, the third one, I think about leveraging brain science, believe it or not, mm. um, because of, we have two sides of our brain, right? The rational side and the emotional side. And mm-hmm. um, Dan Heath in the most recent book, Switch, they talked about the fact that a lot of people uh, uh, tend to approach everything from the rational side, which is great. And in that sense, the most important thing you can feed the brain is clarity. You can Mm -hmm. give people huge gifts by being very clear on what you want them to do. Mm -hmm. But but that usually leaves off a big part of the brain, which is the emotional part, the the thing that makes you impulsive or what your instincts are. And what that means is they, you know, someone might say, sure, I'll go do this, but they might want to look smart or they might want to... uh, they might want to look good to their to their family, or they might want to get involved having nothing to do with work, but because something that you're doing really uh, relates to what they want to learn. Mm-hmm. So, so in some cases, uh, making sure you understand that you're appealing both ways um, makes makes your communication more effective and makes you listen more because mm-hmm. you're trying to understand the other's um, motives. So. It's a simple, these are simple ideas. And sometimes if you were to sit down with whatever, my challenge to everybody is if you're, if 2020 is starting, everybody has set some goals, whether mm-hmm. those are personal or professional. And in many cases, you're trying to get people to get things done with you. Right. And I would suggest that you take that big audacious goal that you want to lay out mm-hmm. and say, okay, 
how can I do that? How could I de-risk that by thinking through who needs to be part of this and why they need to take action now? And then how can I appeal to them? And it's a, it's a very simple approach. We, the, I'm launching a new program for uh, nonprofits and, and um, associations, actually, uh, a, a new course specifically about de-risking your program for 2020. And, and interestingly enough, in a very, very stepwise way, applying these three ideas can make you walk out and just go, ah, I've got a plan and I'm not alone. Right, <laughs> so, right. And, that, and that's a great way to start a year with a lot more resources and clarity. Absolutely. That's awesome. It's, you know, we tend to overcomplicate things, but now that you shared those three tips at all, it's, you know, to, to your point earlier, it's like, duh, okay, yeah, this is much easier than what I'm, I'm trying to overcomplicate this process and make it much more difficult than it really needs to be. So this was extremely, extremely helpful. And so when you talk about de-risking, do you talk about risk from the perspective of de-risking from a like a monetary perspective, a safe face perspective? Like, how are you defining risk? Risk? You know, it's one of the most fascinating. As part of my research, I started working on um, how do people view risk and what's hard about taking things on that are new. Interestingly enough, um, there's two aspects of risk. When you launch, there's obviously the risk of will this ever work? Mm -hmm. Um, And so that could be will it ever work in terms of um, will the outcome ever happen or will the cost be too great or will the revenues not be yielded, right? But another kind of risk is stalling. And And one of the saddest things in the world is to see a really, really, Really important, good initiative, um, get going, and then just peter out. And mm-hmm. a lot of that comes from the lack of having thought about that wait. It's going to come, right? There's this moment at the beginning when people get all excited, and then there's this playing it out where the rhythm of it, somehow the, the excitement of the new falls off, and right. that's when these kind of tests come up. One of the other tools I use a lot is um, making people think through the entire customer journey from three years out and say, mm. when this is all done, how are we going to make sure people actually had a, a good experience? And a lot of that is, what if the person that you convinced or the small team you convinced to start with left? How are mm. you going to sustain this? Right. And so um, so the risk of getting stalled is uh, means that the the, the potential is never yielded. And that has a lot of consequences, whether that's just an individual's self-image or whether it's the actual change you're trying to create in the world never being accomplished. Yeah. And to your point, you know, this whole notion of stalling and or procrastination, you know, no one of us owns has the corner of the market on creativity. And so nothing, <laughs> nothing's more worse than you have this great idea and then all of a sudden you see some, you see it actually operationalize in the marketplace. And you're like, really? Like, okay. <laughs> if well, I had only moved way, quicker. Valid, right? <laughs> yeah, along with that validates. I've learned from you that in, in some ways having a new idea that you see others have a market for is a validation that there's demand. But what is interesting is when you see that, that kind of thing, I was just at a big trade show and walking around it was fascinating because you could get either really depressed or really encouraged. <laughs> if you go to a big trade show and you see a lot of people with the same phrase you've used or whatever, right. uh-huh. you go, oh my gosh, they have it too. Right. And, um, and this goes back to the very first question was if you're not clear on why this, why you, and why now, right, then you can get 
you know, lose it. <laughs> it's like going, oh my gosh, you know, someone's already thought of the idea. Well, good. Someone did think of the idea and there's a problem to be solved. Yeah. But at the end of the day, why you and your organization or your team are the ones that it goes back to maybe it has nothing to do with the actual solution, but the way you deliver it or the timing you deliver you know, there's other di- differentiators. But, you know, it's funny because I've, I've been in this idea of go-to-market, of bringing new things, pro- products, companies, new ideas, brands to market. And there is that moment where people get sort of um, excited. It's like mm-hmm. the whole journey. They get really excited and they go in the depths. I'm like, oh, my gosh, everybody's yeah. like, this isn't going to be different. This isn't going to work. And one of the things that really can help as a leader from wherever you are is to create calm mm-hmm. and create a sense of hope. Right. Yeah. Hope is a yeah. uh, hope is a fuel, as said, and it really just the idea that you thoughtfully got a process to say, got it. We can work through this. We've we've thought through this not just in one shot, but end to end, and there will be competition. That's one of the things you got to plan for. Yeah. But, uh, anyway, I, yeah. I think I don't know if there's a day, but I would say that if you're launching a new initiative or a new product or a new offering or a new idea with a community you're trying to drive change with. If you think about that, there will be a day when people's motivation may fall off out of the first excitement. Mm-hmm. And you thoughtfully go through, you know, answering the three whys, thinking like a leader in terms of the resources you have. It's not just the immediate ones. And then think through appealing to them, not just in terms of the brain, the rational side, but their emotional motivation. You'll, you can make a difference and you can get through those tough times. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Susan, this has been awesome. If folks are listening and they want to circle back with you and perhaps even tap into your new program, um, what's the Mm -hmm. best way for people to connect with you? I'd love to talk to you in LinkedIn, uh, which is where I I show up as Susan Bailey Schramm. And then um, my email address is susan.schramm, S-C-H-R-A-M-M, at go-to-market-impact, G-O-T-O, market m-a-r-k-e-t impact.com awesome susan this has been amazing thank you for the work that you do and certainly the impact that i know you're going to have in the nonprofit and association space thank you very much thanks again for tuning in to the boost podcast i hope what you heard today will help you to build your brand optimize relationships obtain more leads secure thought leadership space and tap into new markets. If you liked what you heard, please don't forget to share the podcast with your family and your friends. And while you're at it, don't forget to like and subscribe to the podcast. For more information on me or any of the other services that we provide, feel free to head over to our website, kellytleonard.com. I look forward to catching up with you again on the next episode of the Boost Podcast. Podcast.